Hello and welcome to Inclusionomics, a podcast that provides tools to all women who are challenged with finding or having access to positions of power. We help you navigate the path to being seen, being heard, and being included. Everyone is welcome here. It is an inclusion podcast after all, and we hope that you're here for all of that. Today's topic is You Could Have Been Woke, and your hosts are Stacey Gordon, that's me, Lisa Gates, and Thiele Thatch. So what does it mean to be woke? What's the definition? How woke do you have to be? And while some people think they can be woke simply by being around others who are, we're going to take a deeper dive into what it means and how you can make it actionable. So I think Lisa's going to kick us off with a little story about the N-word. Mm-hmm. Start with a white girl. Uh, you know, uh, somebody I was recently talking to was describing a meeting in, uh, talk, uh, where the topic was about equity training, equity issues um, in the organization and what they were going to do about it. And somebody in that meeting stood up and used the N-word that person was a person of color. And then that whole phrase that the person used was repeated in, in a company um, communication. And that person, that person's job was then on the line for using that. Um, And so now there's this whole swirl of conversation about whether this person should still have their job for repeating that word, right? So, so clearly not a woke moment, um, but the person who you re- repeated the phrase thought that it was legal to say um, because that was what was actually said. So well, hopefully so, that's not too convoluted. Well, but this is the thing, right? We talk about should this person lose their job? First of all, I'm going to say no. I'm so tired of this nonsense where people have to lose their job over a moment. Now, I get it. There are some people who have more than a moment. Um, But before you can can know that for sure, like we need to really like understand where the person's coming from and what this person was trying to do, I'm assuming, is let everyone know what was said and why they're moving forward in the way that they did. Is what they did stupid? Absolutely. Um, Is it a fireable offense? Not necessarily, you know, we don't know the whole story and what their other, um, you know, past background might be within that, that job. But I just think it's a little ridiculous for us to keep, you know, going for the jugular every time. Oh, she said the N-word, let's fire her. Um, so I just, and, and right. also, though, like if there's an expectation that we're woke, you know, so we haven't even defined it yet, but we're getting right, there. But if, if there's an expectation that we should be aware of our biases and be aware of um, everything that's coming out of our mouth that may hurt someone or, you know, it, it, it depends on our level of education, training, consciousness around it. So doesn't that make it incumbent on the organization to say, hey, we dedicate some some money toward this and, and some education and resources. 
So I just thank you for sharing that story. And I just wanted to go back, like you said, and define woke, because it sounds like in that story, the person was using that word to try to show that they were woke or show that they, you know, were up on the latest, uh, you know, words to, to use. I don't know what their purpose was because the N word is not a new word. And I think with everything we've seen in the media, they should have known that that's what would be described as a negative epithet that yeah. we've seen over and over, over and over that you're not supposed to use racial epithets. Anyhow, so woke means being conscious of racial discrimination in society and other forms of oppression and injustice. And in mainstream use, woke can also more generally describe someone or something as being with it, whatever it is. And that's the dictionary.com definition. And I think that's what we're talking about today. Like who defines who is woke and what is woke? And what made that person in your story think that using the N-word meant that they were with it or hip, like back in the day, or woke? Like, oh, I'm... I'm just being woke using the word. I mean, I, I really think... Or that, I agree with that, yeah. that, that because somebody else used it, made it okay for you to repeat it, is not a definition of woke, if you ask me. Exactly. I had that same experience working in Lexington, South Carolina, where we worked with people, and I'm going to use this word because they've given me permission to many times, but the word redneck. And I remember when I first heard them use that word, I'm like, isn't that derogatory? Why are we using this word redneck? Isn't that a bad word? And they're like, no, some people love to be called bad. No, it depends on where you're from. And so it's educating yourself on the history of the word, why people use it, when people should use it. But I think we've come to a place in America where we know the N-word is just not appropriate, but then they have the N-word that ends with E-R and then the N-word that ends with A and the N-word that ends with A-H and that they're all supposed to be different forms of the N-word. But in short, (laughs) don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, and it's like other epithets, other racial slurs, you know, whatever the race is, you know, um, uh, I don't even want to say them. We all know what they are. So if you're Muslim, if you're, you know, um, Martian, we, you know, we're really just being woke would be, okay, we don't, I don't use any of those words. But it's like <clears> this. Um, so I always use the, a family as an example, right? You have, you might have a sibling or a close family member that you call a certain name. You tease them about certain things. You use, you might use some derogatory language towards them. And that's okay because you are family. Now let somebody else step into your house and use a word that you just used to talk to your sister and you would deck that person in the face, right? So it's the same as exactly. your mother. Like, oh, or your mother. heaven forbid, <laughs> right. Right. Your mother would slap the taste out your mouth. (laughs) So that's exactly the point is that everyone thinks, oh, well, because so-and-so said it, I can say it. Said who? You have to understand the culture. You have to understand it's not just culture. It's not just neighborhood. It's not just community. It goes all the way down to family and group. And, you know, there might be words that two of us who are best friends will use with each other, but I'm not going to use it with you, Lisa. Right. Because I don't know you as well. I'm not sure how you might take that. And so that's 
how that needs to be looked at is if you're not sure, why is it you just can't use the person's name? <laughs> right. Right. I think another, that's a great point. And in that story you share, and I like the story, before the person went forward and, and used the word or communicated the word, why not pull the person who used the N word to the side and say, uh, to the side and say, why? Did you use that word? What if I use that word? Is that appropriate? What, right? Have a conversation before just assuming and making an assumption that just because that person used the word, it's a free for all to use it. And, and not only um, actually hearing it, right? Hearing it in, in a large place. Yeah. Sorry, we 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 knocked each other out. No, I was going to say, in your scenario, didn't you say that that was then shared, sort of uh, communicated to many people in writing? Yes. Right? Yes. So that's on top of it. You take something that somebody said, and you have right. now shared it. You've now multiplied the, the this yeah. era. Yeah. It's like replying all on an email after you messed up. <laughs> exactly. But I think, too, you know, just being able to restrain yourself from using offensive terminology or names or, um, you know, never using the N-word does not make you woke. So, you know, um, what else, what does it mean to you? Like, how would you, both of you, say, that's a woke white person? Well, and it's not that about being a white person, but I'm going to let Thiele go first. So you go, Thiele. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, this word woke, you know, I, I've used it many times in different, you know, political settings uh, where I'm representing like a political action committee I'm a part of. And I'm like, stay woke, pay attention. So to me, stay woke and being woke means you're paying attention to what's going on around you. You're, you're conscious. You're not, I mean, for many years, I've worked in different environments and I didn't know who my congressperson was. I didn't know who the mayor was. I didn't know, I, nor did I care, nor did I care. I cared about what car I was driving, what I was going to eat for dinner. And to me, I was not woke. I was not aware of, you know, the political or racial environment around me. There were times in my career where I was a token but because I was not woke, I didn't even know I was a token. You know what I mean? There right. were times in my life I wasn't educated on certain things, but I didn't know I was ignorant to that because I wasn't woke to the fact that I needed to be educated on certain things. So I think woke is different for everyone, and it's a level of consciousness that is that you do not arrive to a state of woke. You just pay attention, and hopefully you'll learn things along the way it's kind of what we talk about in terms of diversity, inclusion, and belonging. is learning as you go. It's learning as you go. How are you going to ever know everything, what we were talking about earlier, everything about the black culture? How am I going to ever know anything about the white, all of the white culture? I'm always learning, but I will say I spent most of my educational, uh, most of my life learning about white culture because that's how America is um, that's the history of America, where in schools we learn about the white culture. So I had to spend extra time learning about my own culture because that wasn't taught in schools. So anyhow, that was my take on being woke. Um, and we're still got a long way to go. And I just want to share, you know, I always like to do my public policy moment while I got, the, <laughs> while I got your attention. <laughs> while I have your attention, there are things you need to know about being woke. 
So Assembly, California Assembly Member Kamlager Dub, Sydney Kamlager Dub, she recognizes that we need to be woke. I love how she shows up to her meetings with her cornrow braids sometimes. And she's just doing things to educate people on being woke. And so what she did recently was pass three bills around making sure people in healthcare, people in the court system, the, the judicial community, and in law enforcement that they must take implicit bias trainings. All of these people now must stay woke and understand that, yes, we have biases. Yes, there's racism. Yes, we can't use the N-word. And that's, to me, kind of uh, local government forcing people to stay woke. Like, you are going to pay attention. And so public policy, AB 241, 242, and Assembly Bill 243 um, is another tool people are using to stay woke. So this is statewide. this is California statewide, yes. Assembly Bill 241, 242, and 243. And they basically, uh, two of them go into effect on 2021, one goes into effect 2022. But it's just saying that it's mandatory now that people working in healthcare and um, law, enforce- law enforcement and in the judicial system, they must learn how to stay woke. You cannot say, oh, I didn't know I didn't use the M word because I thought she used well, so <laughs> Right, so that's what that, that training to cover. Well, mm-hmm. this is great information, Thiele, and I think that... Um, the, the part of that is, you know, what does woke mean for, for me is it's not about black or white. Like so often you hear that and it frustrates me so much because it, it's basically, you know, I just want to say it's like, don't be an a-hole, you know, if you want to be, you know, be respectful to people and in this day and age, it is ridiculous. Like I'm still reading every day a new thing about some not woke, usually police officer who has decided that he is going to use his, use and abuse his power um, over some unsuspecting black man who is just trying to get home. And that is definitely not woke. <laughs> and so I'm so excited to hear that these bills are going into effect, but then you have to ask, well, what's the action? Because the definition we had before was about awareness and awareness is good. I do a lot of teaching about implicit bias awareness. That's your first step. But then the question is, what is the action? What are you going to do to stop being an a-hole? Well, yeah. And how do you take it from being an intellectual stance, right? Like, Hey, I read, you know, uh, books written by black people and and you know the conversely or uh, the expectation that if you are black you should know who Paul Beatty is and I'm going to say his name wrong Tanisi Coates um, Tanahasi Tanahasi Coates um, <laughs> that, it, that if you're a woke black person you like Obama and you like Michelle and you like uh, it, Kamala Harris and you know you know or what's you wrong know how with to you? Pronounce because honestly, before this podcast, I did not know how to pronounce Tanahasi. Okay, let that be on the record because I was reading Tanahasi. <laughs> so okay. there's a, like 
You know, so not everybody knows Ta-Nehisi Coates, and not everyone reads Ta-Nehisi. Right, just because you that can say mean they're not woke. doesn't mean you understand anything about his concepts. And it doesn't mean <laughs> you even have to agree with it, because Kamala Harris is a great example. We're not going to get political, but there's a lot of Black people who do not support Kamala Harris, right? And just leave that alone. Right. And during Martin Luther King's time, there was a lot of Black people who did not support Martin Luther King. Right. And... And like, so, you know, let's keep it real. And I just really quick before we get too far, I want to go back to what you were saying, Stacey, about people being woke in this environment we live in. You were talking about police officers and that this one story that I just want our listeners to kind of look at is so ridiculous that a white security officer pulled a weapon on a black high ranking officer of a sheriff's department at the IRS, the IRS office. So who, what, what level of woke was going on there? <laughs> what was going it's on? It's important to point out. Can we get into like, <laughs> can we get into like negative numbers? It's important to point. Say that again. <laughs> I, I think it's important to also point out that he was in his uniform. Oh, and yes, a uniformed black sheriff's department uniform worker was held by gunpoint by a security guard, a white security guard, who felt it was okay to pull a gun on a police officer who just because he was black. So to me, I mean, not to harp on, on racism and race, but it's being woke enough and conscious enough to know that racism is existing. So this, this happened um, a few weeks ago, right? And these bills that are being passed are being passed, you know, a few weeks ago. So to think that, oh, I'm reading Tanahasi and Kamala and Obama was president, that does not mean that we, we're not, you know, we still have to rise to another level of consciousness. It's not a monolith. Yeah, you're not a monolith of thought or belief or whatever. But let's take that to another level, Lisa. So she's saying, that's a good point, right? Let's think about all of us here have worked with or have talk to plenty of individuals who believe that because their CEO is black or because their high ranking VP or whatever is black, we've got a black VP, we have an Asian VP and we have a a female VP. So that makes us woke. And I just want to say to all of you who think that you don't get woke by osmosis. It doesn't rub (laughs) off on you. (laughs) You I'm not going to turn black because I'm, I'm, I'm on this podcast with you. It's like disappointing now. That's not how this works. No, we love you for being white, by the way. Stay white. You don't get the the knowledge and the information just because you happen to have... It doesn't mean you you can skip implicit bias 101. No, you probably need it more than most. And as an HR person, my favorite is our HR person is black because that's what happens. They, you know, you hire some, not all the time. I'm not trying to do some general statement, but... A lot of times, oh, our, our head of HR is black. So that means we're a diverse company. No. no. So, yes. So that's my question to those who are listening is think about your leadership team, your management team. Do you, you know, do you have just sprinkles on a cupcake, right? <laughs> do you have one or two people sprinkled throughout? And does that mean that you have a diverse leadership team? At what level do you have a diverse leadership team? And, you know, I think 
we get into this idea of bringing it back to being woke is these are things you should be thinking about. You want to be woke? Bring that up in a management meeting. Right? Yeah, and and I think have some actionable ideas for what to do about it. What about? Yeah, that's what I was just getting ready to say. Go ahead. Okay, but what about? All right, so there's that organization with the uh, the the black CEO and the Asian HR person, whatever, and they're considering themselves woke. And then down on the ground here, uh, the entire workforce has not had any uh, equity, diverse, diversity, inclusion training. And not only that, you, you, training is one thing, but how do you implement and how do you use that training for you know what we might call um uh what am i trying to say social justice conversations in the workplace how do you translate learning and training into daily actionable things that happen in your workplace training is all pretty good but implementation is a whole nother thing a lot of people exactly. don't want social justice training in their workplace, by the way. Do you, if I told you the number of times that I hear someone say to me, well, we want to do diversity and inclusion training, but let's not call it that. Or we need to do implicit bias training, but can we make it less about diversity and inclusion? Okay. <laughs> and why are you asking me that? Well, yeah, because D is the diversity is the bad D word, and it implies that there is no diversity if you use the word diversity. That's that's some of the comments I hear. But if but, you, have you know no diversity, it's, then um, hashtag facts. That's just a fact. Like, what do you want us to right. do? <laughs> wow, wow. You know, I I would also get this when I was doing. Uh, when I was in my former role where she negotiates, yeah, we want to, um, you know, it's a training on negotiation, but let's not call it negotiation. Why? Well, because it's kind of a tinged word. Well, that's why we should use it. Right? So right, right, right. Wherever the rule is, wherever the stricture is, or the, the breaking point or the, the, the kind of schism, well, that's what you move right into. Right. If that's your fear, I'm going to go right in. Right. Well, a lot of people. So let's bring this back to being woke for a moment. Right. A lot of people would probably say, I don't care about being woke. You know what? I go to work every day. I do my job. I'm nice to people. End of story. Why do I need to be woke? And um, and even for myself, you know, I like like Thiele was saying, I was not woke for a long time. I still don't even know if I'm woke. It's like how woke do I have to be to be woke? You know, <laughs> like yeah. my friend, I have a friend yeah. who um, asked me to go join a rally the other day and I had to think about it for a minute. I was like, but do I want to go protest and hold a sign? Does that make me more woke or do I need to do that in order to have a woke card? Like, what does that look like? I, I mean, for me, I, I, the best word I could think of, and it's just what I feel when I think of being woke, because I personally became woke maybe in the past three to five years of having this catharsis. And so catharsis for me is this like process of releasing suppressed emotions that, you know, I enjoy being woke. I enjoy learning more. You know, it becomes a natural thing that I want to learn more about certain cultures. And um, it's 
it's a natural response that I want to share with the world. Like, I want you to know about what I've learned about race relations. I want you to know about Senate Bill, you know, or, you know Assembly Bill 241, so you will know you're right. You know what I mean? And it's not something that is exhausting. It's something that's refreshing because I'm, I'm I, you know, the scales, like in the Bible, they talk about the scales fell from their eyes. You know, the scales have fallen from your eyes and you're woken up. You're awake from your sleep. Well, what I hear when you say that, Thiele, is you want to be a participant in your life in the moment that we're in. You know, maybe, you know, it's like, I'm not going to be on the sidelines. Um, And I'm going to participate in a way that is true and specific to me and not necessarily follow the rules of what um, the political correctness of woke police tells us is the right way to be woke. Exactly. Yeah, because woke to me might be at my kitchen table writing letters to my assembly person. And that's all I do. And I find pure joy in that. And woke to someone else is in the front lines, you know, with a gun in front of, in front, you know, expressing their right to carry a weapon. Like, I don't, whatever that is. But I don't, I just think, you know, the danger is when people feel like they can have a one-up on, you know, how woke they are. Well, did you read the book by Ta-Nehisi Coates? And did you read the book by, well, I just read The Color Purple. And my Angelo says, and, you know, it's like, come on now. I didn't know. I didn't read every Maya Angelo book or poem. And no, but I'm still invested in my people. Right. I still want to learn. And um, I think that's where it gets kind of dangerous and kind of um, insulting at times where you have people who are kind of challenging your level of wokeness. And so that's my, I get off my soapbox now, but I hear this all the time. And and a lot of the times from white people who are like, oh my God, I love, you know, this, that, that, you eat the boys, you know, they're like throwing out. (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, 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 so about that. We the, the, the analogy that you made um, earlier on, um, you know, if we're going to take this into okay, so what's next? How do you how do you turn you know awareness into action? So let's say you work in an organization, um, government, public, private, whatever. Uh, they, and and they say, you know, yes, we're super committed to this to diversity and inclusion, but we just don't have the funds. We don't have the budget to do these trainings. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. Um, We're just going to have to be, you know, conscious. And your answer to that was, your analogy was about safety in the workplace. Yes. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Stacey. Oh, no, I was going to say, sorry, we, we were talking about that, about the idea of the fact that when you, um, if, if there's an accident, like someone's managing a warehouse and there's an accident in the warehouse, normally people don't say, um, oh, I don't have the budget to train people. But Thiele jumped in and said, oh, no, I've worked in a company where that was what they said. <laughs> oh, yeah, most of the time. Right, so somebody's in danger of dying or people have died, but oops, we don't have the budget to do a safety training. Well, but you also said that, you know, we have more of a knee-jerk yes about safety issues or compliance or or various, you know, OSHA things or whatever. 
but 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 the response you know to to racial issues in the workplace is is often we yeah that's I'm sorry we're having this problem but we don't have the budget to fix it well I call bullshit on that that's yeah if yeah, we put the I money for that, safety I mean, I yeah well, it's a, yeah, you're right. It's the same principle. I don't know what that phenomenon is. Maybe you could do a phenomenological study on human behavior and why you have to die before there's a change. I mean, you look at real change in America. Martin yeah. King had to die. And one of the biggest case studies, I mean, I have a case study in the workplace where a person lost their finger because they were using an unsafe machine. And the company still did not want to teach safety training. Right. They didn't want to invest in that. And they minimized it because they knew that those uh, lower level kind of employees work on the suit and, and they knew there wasn't a lot of risk for them. Um, but the bigger the risk, the more they pay attention. But the biggest example really quickly I want to share is the Charleston church shooting. So when I lived in South Carolina, I marched every year to have that Confederate flag come down off the state house and no one paid. They're like, whatever, you're never getting that flag down. But after the shooting in the Charleston Church, the Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church, where they lost all of the, you know, churchgoers, that same, what, two, a month later, the, the Confederate flag came down. It took over seven people dying. To, well, wow, like, it took a, a whole history of people dying. Yeah, almost, uh, you right, know. that was the coma. Right, you're absolutely right. But I'm just saying it, that had to happen because the shooter, the white guy, had on a Confederate shirt. He, you know, he had that yeah. paraphernalia on. And then they're like, "Oh, maybe the Confederate flag is that. We're woke now. We're going <sighs> to take it down." Yeah, that's what happened, and that's what happens. And like human culture, and our culture is so. So how do we get to a point where that doesn't have to happen and we can be woke without people just dropping dead and dying and killing each other? I don't know the answer, but... Well, but we know to now, too, though, that that diversity, inclusion, equity, whatever we call it, is a safety issue. It's happening. It's playing out everywhere across America. So just because in your workplace someone hasn't died, someone has been assaulted, harmed, uh, mm-hmm. emotionally changed but by an interaction been. or an exclusion. Right. But it still hasn't mm-hmm. been enough and that's the problem, right? So yeah. now the question is how many people have to die and how often because it still isn't enough. We have people dying every day. You know, Eric Garner, I can't breathe. Like how, right. how many of them have to die? So that's, the, that's one of the questions. And I mean, it just goes, it's in the little things. So I'll use another example. Just this week, I posted on LinkedIn a little video and I was asking people to think about their network because one of the ways we can be less biased and more woke is by talking to more people who are different than us, right? So I said, hey, you're on LinkedIn, use LinkedIn, look around, look at your network and see, do most of the people look like you? And I had someone respond and she said, oh, it's kind of hard to not be diverse living in Los Angeles. And my response to her is, um, it's extremely easy to not be diverse. <laughs> added in and inclusive because you can have all kinds of people in your network, but if you don't talk to them, you don't include them in anything, you don't ever invite them to lunch, you don't ever bring them to the meeting, 
what's the point of being diverse if you're not also inclusive? And the fact that you come back to me so quickly with that little quip of, oh, it's so easy to, you know, it's to kind of difficult to not be diverse in LA. It's like, just goes to show you have no idea. That's right, actually right. Um, a statement of profiling, right? Oh, look at all these black, brown, green people who live in Los Angeles. I'm in and among them. But really what you're saying is you're profiling everybody who's, you know, driving in the same five lanes of freeway that you are to get to work. But, but so, so wokeness to, to me, and I learned this from you, Stacey, um, you know, I should have learned it much earlier in my life. Like if you want to be more woke and you want to learn more about black people, break bread with them, have them over for dinner, ha- invite me to your house. So um, That's right. I'm officially That's- doing that. <laughs> yeah, and that's really, I, I think most of our conversations, I feel the same way, where just be curious. You have to be curious. If you want to be woke, you have to be curious enough to listen. So when Stacey or whoever posts something like that on LinkedIn, why are you so quick to respond with your solution? Why do you think you have the solution? Uh, so maybe ask questions. So what, what do you think, Stacey, that would be enough? You know I mean? Like come at it, approach it with a curiosity, not the same, you know, what we've seen and what we talked about earlier, this level of privilege where you think you know the answer. And, you know, this is the type of stuff we see, Stacey and I have talked about as diversity consultants, where they're bringing us in, but they already think they have the answer. So why are you bringing us, why are you trying to get a diversity and inclusion consultant if you know the answer already? And I don't want to say that y'all. Box. Right. Off that box. And I don't want to, to put out there that I have all the answers, right? That is not what no, I'm No, she don't. Right? But, <laughs> I, but it, it's kind of what you said. It's a curiosity. I post things. I talk about things to start the conversation. We have to have more curious conversations. And so that's the reason that I do it. Not because I'm saying that what I say is absolutely 100% accurate and you must all do what I do or say what I say, but to spark those conversations. And so if you're shutting down the conversation, then you've missed a point. Well, that's that critical thinking piece that's so often missing from discourse and from, right. from uh, all our social spaces is, is that when you do make a statement and ask a question, people are, act like they're in second grade raising their hand to get the right answer so that they're proving themselves to be woke or proving themselves to be smart about whatever that topic is, instead of saying, hey, well, I'm interested in your perspective. What, what are your thoughts on how I might do right. this? Right, and even allowing your, yourself some time to sit and digest the information instead of being so quick to respond and, and right. draw a conclusion. Like, okay, let me, let me think about that. Let me mull that over a little bit. I mean, that's really important that, to digest it. And yeah, I don't think we do enough of that. We're looking for these quick solutions and quick answers. And it's not, you know, you got to take some time to meditate and be mindful. So what final thoughts do you have, ladies, action items you'd like to give to our listeners? For me? Uh, hashtag, I'll go, Lisa. You first. <laughs> hashtag. I don't have a hashtag. Hashtag stay woke. Mine's with hashtag stay woke. But good. I, I would, for, for me, I would say, have more um, parties, dinners, drinks, 
conversations intentionally with people who don't look like you for the fun of it. Yeah, perfect. I mean, I think that's kind of the same thing and it goes along. It just, it just so happened this tied in with what I was posting this week, but I do think the same thing. I think that we need to think about, um, you know, listening to different kinds of music, eating different kinds of food, um, even watching movies with subtitles from different countries. You know, right. I love watching some of those movies. Sometimes I don't know what's going on, but it's just interesting to see the culture and how people interact. Um, and you learn a little bit, you know, it just opens your mind a bit. So I think if we want to be woke, we've got to be open to, to learning more. Well, what yeah, I love about I- what you said, Stacy, is we first take it from the, the very first layer, which is the personal. What, what I can do in my own little realm, in my own neighborhood, in my own family, in my own sphere to just step out, right? It doesn't have to be this huge, big dilemma, right? Just take a small step. And you know, one, one tool, real simple, you know, to stay informed, I'll say two tools, NPR, if you don't already listen to NPR and different podcasts, and Netflix. I, I, I should, we should get Netflix to be a sponsor right now, but Netflix <laughs> has so many cultural films, like from Africa. I just recently got involved in this Korean um, soap drama. That I just learned so much about Korean culture through this really fun show called Strong Girl Bong Chong. <laughs> and um, anyhow, it was fun, but I learned about Korean culture, things I never knew. And right. I just, just watch something different. Stop watching what everybody's talking right. about. Watch well, that's what I meant when I said subtitles. Like yeah. Netflix has a lot yeah. of those great movies. That's where I watch mine. I, don't, I can't get them anywhere else, at least. Well, I know I could, but YouTube or whatever. But so I'm going to do our, our, our closing here. And um, it's been a lot of fun chatting with you about staying woke. And hopefully after listening to this, everyone here is a little bit more woke or at least a little bit more aware and is ready to take some action. So this is Thile, Lisa, and I. We are here sharing our learning and experiences with you. And we hope that if you like today's discussion, that you'll like us, share us, and listen in next time. You have been listening to Inclusionomics with Lisa Gates, Thile Thatch, and Stacey Gordon. Visit inclusionomics.net to subscribe and download.